We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're just saying that it's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Saturday evening edition of the Field of 68 After Dark. My name is Rob Doster. I have with me tonight the one and only Randolph Childress, a legend from Wake Forest, and the man who is now the second greatest rebounder in the history of North Carolina basketball, none other than Tyler Hansbrough. Gentlemen, how are we doing on this glorious Saturday evening? I'm doing great. Uh, it's been a great day of basketball, a uh, little bit of football, and uh, excited to be here. Don't let him take your take your shot away that way, man. You're second. You're still first, or something, man. He, he trying to poke fun at you, man. Don't worry about that. We, I'm, I'm gonna back you up on that. All right. So the reason that I said that is that Armando Baycott uh, surpassed Tyler's record for the most rebounds in a career at North Carolina, and you were there. You were in attendance. You gave him a hug on the floor after the game. You gave him a, was it a game ball? Like what? What was that? Just a ball off the rack? I don't know. It just felt appropriate. And I looked over to the sideline, head nod, and they threw me a ball. And I'm guessing it's a game ball. So yeah. uh, Armando can keep it. But uh, no, honestly, I'm happy for Armando. I remember uh, when I broke UNC scoring record, Phil Ford was there. And Phil Ford's one of my all time favorite Tar Heels. And it, it really meant a lot uh, to me uh, after I was done playing, when I looked back on that, knowing he was there. And uh, having a better relationship with Phil, uh, it meant a lot more. So, uh, you know, kind of having that experience, I wanted to be there for Armando. And also, I've known Armando since he was a freshman, and uh, he's put a lot of work in, so I was super proud of him. What's that moment like uh, when you are having your record? I think everybody dreams about setting those records, right? I don't think anybody ever thinks about what it's like having that record get broken by somebody else. What, what is that like in that moment? I mean, I was, uh, well, they're meant to be broken, first of all. And also, I was glad that I was around to watch it. Uh, but, uh, you know, it the rebounding record, it's hard to make a statement like, well, you know, you can make a statement that, you know, scores can be selfish because they take a lot. Of, you got to take a lot of shots. Uh, but rebounding is a blue-collar stat, so I respect that. Uh, 
and Armando, I mean, watching him break my record, it, I mean, it was pretty cool. Uh, and he's put a lot of work. I mean, he's changed his body. He's worked on his strength and uh, has really grown as a basketball player, too. Uh, so, I, I mean, it was – I was excited for him. I was happy. Yeah, that dude's a warrior. He's a psycho T kind of a guy. He plays through all these different sprained ankles. Um, you think I think you have to have a foot amputated before he's going to actually miss a basketball game. But listen, uh, North Carolina NC State was just one of 150 games that we had on the schedule today. We're going to have to break down the battle at the top of the Pac-12. Coming up, we're going to be talking about Kentucky. We're going to be getting into the other Blue Bloods, Duke one, North Carolina one. Virginia won. There was some action in the Big 12, but before we do all of that, we have to start with the single most surprising result of the day. TCU 83, Kansas 60 in Fog Allen Fieldhouse. It is the second worst loss for self at home. Uh, the worst loss was a 25-point loss to Texas back in 2021, and it is the largest home loss ever by a top two team in the AP poll. And there have only been six times in 67 seasons, RC, that Allen Fieldhouse has been a thing where Kansas has lost in that building by more than 20. For the first time ever, TCU can call themselves victors in Allen Fieldhouse. What do you make of this result? I, that was an ass kicking. I mean, from the start. <laughs> I mean, let's just call it what it was. I mean, there's no way it should have code in that game. That was an ass kicking. Um, if you're Kansas, I mean, obviously at home, it, it was it was bound to happen. You don't want to see it happen like that. I, I think there are some things that they're going to have to adjust. I, I mean, you know, the biggest concern that I had about Kansas going forward is I'm a huge fan of, of, of Dewan Harris, but he's got to figure out a way to be more effective, just a threat to score. Other than that, shots didn't fall tonight. TCU is good. I mean, we know they're good. They're, they're like I've said before, they're the fastest team probably in college basketball. They they play at a pace and lead the nation in fast break points. But the only thing I'm not worried about Kansas at all. But I am concerned that Dewan's got to look to score. Like he's not even looking, and and it's allowing teams to just say, "Hey, he's not going to shoot enough, so we ain't got to guard him." And, and that that kind of you get to help out on other guys. Grady Dick needs that space. Uh, Jalen Wilson, you know, Williams, he's he's playing. Wilson's playing out of his mind right now. I, I don't know what the hell's – I mean, how do you stop him right now? He's looking like the next guy. But more happy for TCU than I'm worried about Kansas, if that's the question. I, I got no concerns about Kansas, but I do think the only concern I have with him is just DeJuan Harris, point guard, looking to shoot more. Yeah, for me, uh, you know, when I watch Kansas, I think they'd be getting off to slow starts. Uh, lately, and they've been having these comeback wins. And, uh, you know, you can only do that for so long. And to me, uh, Allen Fieldhouse is the toughest place to play in college. And they've been getting away with that for a little bit. But TCU, just like uh, RC said, they came in there and kicked their ass and uh, kind of woke them up. Am I worried about Kansas? No, I don't think they had a good shooting night. I think Grady yeah. Dick really struggled. And I don't think that's going to be uh, – you know, an issue going forward. He is a freshman and uh, he was, you know, they're going to have those lapses at times, but uh, yeah, they got off to a bad start like they've been doing and they just couldn't come back. Um, and uh, combined with the bad shooting night, they got, got themselves in too big of a hole. I still think they're the best team in the big 12 uh, when they're clicking. So uh, I, I don't think this is going to last long at all. I, I'm, I am a little bit worried about Kansas. I want to throw this back to you guys. You mentioned RC. 
Dewan Harris, last three games, one for 13 from the floor, one for five from three. He scored a total of three points. Jalen Wilson, last two games, he has 68 points. The rest of the team has 75. If he has anything close to an off night, then they get blown out in this to- those two games. Oklahoma State, they came from behind at home to win. Texas Tech, they came from behind on the road to win. Oklahoma, they came b- behind from home at home to win. Iowa State, they came from behind at home to win. That's four of their five wins in the Big 12. And I would say a lot of that has to do with Bill Self scheming some stuff up. So, team with no depth, Team with no size inside, Tyler, and a team with a, a guy where you rely so much on uh, one player to kind of go for 35 to be able to play at this level. Like, to me, that's a little bit unsustainable. It, well, I've I've seen other players have big days. Uh, the K.J. Adam kid uh, a few weeks ago had mm-hmm. 22 points. I think Grady Dick is one of the best freshmen in the country, uh, top three in my opinion. Uh, I don't think he's going to sustain – uh, playing at this level. And I think Wilson's having an unbelievable year. Uh, first team All-American, uh, maybe, you know, candidate for player of the year. Uh, but I, I think that when they're clicking, I saw them go into Mizzou and just smash Mizzou. Mizzou's a quality team this year. Uh, when they're clicking and they're playing well, I think Self's done a great job uh, adjusting and changing his kind of style with the bigs, kind of moving around, kind of spreading it out and going uh, four out, one in. But uh, – I disagree. I think they're the best team in the Big uh, 12, and I, I don't think this is uh, sustainable, this, um, you know, playing like this bad against TCU. TCU is a good team, too. I am concerned about their shooting consistently. Uh, but, again, I'm I'm more on the side with Tyler. I'm not I, – I don't see – I'm not concerned like they're going to fall off, like they're going to – they're in danger of falling off the map or anything like that. They're, they're, they're fine, you know. Bill Self's the best coach in the country. I mean, I don't think you're going to get much of an argument for that. He'll figure out a way. Uh, they they played against a difficult team. They wasn't making shots. And like I said, the only concern that I really have is I'm not worried about Grady Dig. He'll figure it out. I, I think he, if I was a nitpick, I'd say maybe he settles for threes a little too much. I'd like for him to play off his J a little bit, maybe put it on the floor a little bit more. But they, Harris got to look to score. He's got to make – he got – because now teams, to me, it looks like teams are just scouting him and just saying, look, just he ain't looking to shoot. Just back off of him, help out on other guys. If he starts looking to score at least eight to ten, eight points or so, just just be a threat. Then I think that opens and, and make up those open guys. shots, right? Like yeah, you gotta yeah. you gotta force defenses to guard you. All right, let's 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 talk about the other side of this. TCU, how how good are they? Because they're one of those teams where I can see them making a run to the Final Four. I can also see them losing in the first round of the NCAA tournament for the reasons that we've seen in the last four days, right? They go into West Virginia and they lose a game. They trailed by 18 in the first half. Then they go into Fog Allen Fieldhouse and they beat Kansas by 23 points. So are they, are they for real? Are they a team that is going to kind of fade away towards the end of the season? Or is this just, you know, obviously the nature of the big 12 this season? I think it is, but I think part of it is this team because they're dramatically flawed and that's their three point shooting. Now, they compensate that body, the fastest team in the country, from one end of the floor to the other. They got guys coming at you. They're going to rebound it. They lead the country in trans- transition offense. So that's the way they're going to attack you. If Are you going to commit to going to the glass? Because if you go to the glass and don't get it, you're giving up buckets. They're attacking you. You know, we're going to talk about that later. I mean, you know, you got guys. <laughs> Miles sees it one-on-one. He's going. So you mm-hmm. got to get multiple guys back, keeping them, making them play. If you make, If you can make them play in a half court, then you can you can get them, and and some teams if that's their philosophy, not going to the glass, coming back, 
you got a shot. But today they shot it well. They were 8 of 15 from behind the line. If they shoot at that clip, I don't know who's beating them, if anybody's beating them. But if you no, ever watched them play, no play against them. They're them. going to make eight threes? No oh, one's my God. If they hit, a, it hit eight threes, forget about it because they're so fast. They got so many guys attacking you off the dribble. It's an issue. They're a serious problem. But if you can get back, make them play five on five, I, I think that's the kryptonite. Yep. You mentioned Mike Miles. We were able to catch up with him a couple hours ago after they got off the plane on the way back. He was already back in the practice gym for right. this interview. <laughs> Welcome on to the field of 68 after dark. One of the stars of the day, uh, one of the best players in one of the biggest wins that you're going to see in college basketball. Mike Miles, a TCU. He had 15 points, four boards, four assists today. And TCU went into Kansas and won 83 to 60. The second worst loss that Bill Self has taken at home in his tenure at Kansas. Mike, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good. You know, feeling good after a big win, man. So what do you, when when you're on that uh that that plane ride home from Kansas after you go in there and you win the Fog Allen Fieldhouse first ever win for the TCU program in Fog Allen Fieldhouse what's that what's that vibe like what's that setting like on the plane Ah, uh, it's it's number good vibes man everyone's happy everyone's talking you know obviously you know you win any game but you win a big game like that and how we won at a place like Allen Fieldhouse you know it, it feels good man you know everyone was talking everyone was excited Mike Randolph Childers here was it as easy as it looked. Cause it looked pretty easy the way you handled those guys early. Now, be honest, was it easy as it looked? Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna lie, it, it was easier than I thought, you know. But I just feel like we came out hungry, you know, after losing to West Virginia, you know, we came out with a plan, so it was definitely easier, but it wasn't easy playing there. But it was, it was a good win. How did you guys turn that around, right? You so West Virginia was winless in the Big 12 when you guys went there. You lost to them, obviously. Then you turn around and you go into Kansas, which is maybe the toughest place to play in America, and you beat them by 23. Like, what, how does that – is that just na the nature of the Big 12 this year? I feel like it is, man. Anybody can beat anybody. You know, we that we've got proven by that, by losing to West Virginia, and we just proved that beating Kansas after losing. So, you know, man, anybody can beat anybody. You got to be ready all, all night. So, you know, if you catch a good team like Kansas on a bad night, you got to take advantage of it, and that's what we did. Where do you think you guys stand? That is, is this a teaching point for you guys? Because you look at your wins. You're at Baylor. You, you're the only team to beat Kansas State. Then you go on to Allen Fairhouse, beat Kansas. You know, then you lose. We know we talked about West Virginia. You lost to Iowa State. These are good teams. You lost to Texas. But you guys seem to be close games, needless to say. But where do you guys see? Sometimes you look like the best team in the league, and then sometimes you don't. We know the league's tough, but where do you see TCU when the season all said and done in the Big 12? Uh, man, I feel like we can still finish at the top. You know, obviously, I think K-State is at the top. where They won today, so I think they're at the top But right now. But, uh, you know, we can win. You know, we can win a Big 12 tournament. You know, we can win anything we want to. You know, as long as we come and play like today, you know, it's going to be hard. You're not going to always play how we did today. But, you know, if we can play anything close to how we played today, man, we're going to be good. You know, we know how good we are. It's just about going out there and playing how good we are. So on uh, on Thursday – we had Terrence Oglesby on here and he was talking about you guys. And he said he feels like when he's watching you, he's watching a couple guys that have rockets strapped to their back when they're playing a transition. Your pace is way up this year. How much of an emphasis was that for you guys? Because obviously you weren't playing in transition as much as you did. Or you played more than you did last season. Yeah, it was it was big. You know, we coming into the summer workouts, you know, that's all we preach was getting out of transition because we knew that's our, our strong suit. You know, everyone knows we're not the best shooting team. You know, so getting out in transition is what works for us, and we try to do that no matter what. I think we're number one in the country in transition points. So, wow. 
but it's working, man. So we just got to keep pushing the paces. For me, it's just, you know, I don't, I know no one really likes to guard me downhill and transition one-on-one. So, you know, when I see a single body in front of me, you know, I don't think they can stop me. I try my best to get, to get to the rim. But it's not just you. It, it, it's like you guys, everyone is fearful of that. You talk to every team you guys play, they, they preach transition, transition. You guys are, everyone's so scared now, they don't even go to the offense glass anymore. I mean, that's how scared everyone is of you guys in transition. And I know it's something you, have, what, what's the practice like for the, to continue this type of pace for you? Hey, guys? RC, did you see how proud his face was? When oh, yeah, said, yeah, he lit up. He lit up when he said. Like, oh, yeah, that's what we're trying to do. <laughs> that, but that's the rumor, man. Everybody's kind of fearful of that. Just like you said, you know it. And, and just like you, you know no one can guard you one-on-one, but that's the what everybody's talking about. That's a scouting report against your team. So how do you guys feel about that in the sense of your production and going in? How is practice like? Uh, practice, you know, it's, it's a lot of running. You know, we run a lot. You know, we ran a lot in the summer. So it's uh, it's the same thing, man. It's just all about coming in here with one mindset. You know, we all want to win. You know, that's the only mindset you can have in this, in this conference and any sport. You know, everyone wants to win on this team. You know, we might not win every game, but we come to practice ready to play. You know, ready to practice, ready to get better. How's the party going to be tonight? Party life is going to be good on Saturday night? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I man. Know, party man. I don't know. Be tonight? I don't know. It might be. I might, you know, I might. You know. I might, I might test it out a little bit. I might see what it looks like. <laughs> hey, I got to ask you about the big fella, big fella, Eddie Lampkin. You saw him. He hurt his ankle at the end of the first half, and he was out there, and it looked like he was just dragging his leg behind him. When you see him putting in that kind of effort, like is that, one, did you notice that? And two, tonight when you guys are out, you're gonna make sure he doesn't he stays off that ankle. Who's carrying him? Yeah, I got him. He got a boot on, so he's gonna be good. He's gonna be good. Can't nobody carry Eddie, but he got a boot on. <laughs> well, listen, Mike, congratulations on the win. It's a hell of a win. Make sure you enjoy it tonight. I know uh you you don't get the chances to celebrate wins over Kansas office. So when you do, you gotta make the most out of it. Appreciate you being here. Best of luck the rest of the season. And hopefully we'll see you guys soon. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all. Of course, RC is the one to put the college kid in the awkward spot and ask him where he's going, partying afterwards. Uh, he, he's yeah, more why, why, why would we not act like he's not going to? They, that's one of the biggest wins in school history. Like, I mean, like, come on, man, he got to go and celebrate that. I, I was, I was, I, I, he better go out and party. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, uh, we need to talk about Arizona and UCLA. We're going to do that on the other side of this break coming up. Okay. We are clear. I'm so bad at these transitions, man. The chat knows this. I'm so bad at this. It's all right, Rob. <laughs> We're going to talk, talk about it on the other side of the – that's exactly what they tell you not to do, what I just did. I need you, some reps. You need also, some reps. You also, you got any questions, Trevor? Well, you also teased two things last week that you didn't get to until two segments later, but we'll, we'll leave that be. <laughs> We gotta, you gotta, you gotta it doesn't matter when you get to them. You just tell them they're coming up. That happens. Yeah, but it's coming up. I yeah, didn't, I wasn't coming. specific. You didn't say when, it's coming. Exactly. Thank you. All Thank right. you, RC. All right. I got you, man. I got you on I, that. I resend that complaint. Uh, Brian wants to know, do you guys legitimately think Kansas is overrated? Who said they're overrated? I think I I, I might have. Oh, these you guys did. both call oh, Tyler these guys and I don't both believe that. Me, yeah, they both call me an idiot. <laughs> I think they're the best, best team in the Big 12. I think they're going to win it. Yeah. Is that overrated? Yeah, I don't think they're overrated at all. No. no. Everybody has some flaws. I mean, they got flaws, but... They're not overrated. The, the, there's 
They're ranked number two in the country. They're not as good as a normal number two team in college basketball. But there's no one that's a normal like number one or number two team in college basketball this year, except Alabama. Alabama, Alabama. Might be the greatest. Team. Alabama. Yeah, they might be the might be the greatest team we've ever seen. Trevor, we got another one. Several pe- <laughs> several people want to know who Tyler thinks is the best team in the ACC. Ooh. Um. Ten seconds. Man, uh, right now, whew, um, I'd have Five. to go. Probably Clemson. Here we go. We are back. It is the Field of 68 After Dark. We are live. Sirius XM Channel 84 uh, live on our YouTube channel. If you go over there, Field of 68 on YouTube, you can come hang out, jump in the chat, ask us questions, participate in the show, make it a better product. Rob Doster, Tyler Hansborough, Randolph Childress, we had a big game out in the Pac-12. It was a battle for first place. Arizona hung on to beat UCLA 58-52 to in what turned out to be an absolute bloodbath, RC. Um, 30 points combined, 19 rebounds combined for Umar Ballo and Azulis Tubelas. But for me, I think the biggest difference, Arizona actually played defense. We haven't seen that yet this year. They're playing defense. How good is this team, Randall? They beat – well, one, they had to have the game. Right, they they could not lose this game and fall further behind UCLA. Like, there's no way they could they could drop this game, and they they held court. They, you know, they 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 defended. I think winning at that pace and that style of play was probably the most impressive thing about them. Says a lot more about them. So now I think we can hold them accountable to defend better than you know than they have throughout the year. But credit to those guys, they defended their ass off. They weren't going back down. Big both big guys played well. Just a hell of a game. I mean, it was a dog fight. I mean, it was just what you expect when you're playing rivals and you're playing for your conference title. And that's what both of those teams are doing tonight. I, I credit the Arizona. I think they're two damn good teams, but I was more impressed with Arizona on the defensive end because that felt like a UCLA type of physical style of play. They you you think UCLA they beat, they Arizona, beat UCLA at their at game. Their, yeah, they beat UCLA playing. Yep. Arizona beat UCLA playing UCLA style basketball. That was the most impressive thing about the win today. Mm-hmm. Tyler. Yeah, so I think UCLA is one of the best teams in the country, clearly. Uh, you know, and and also uh, last year they almost went to the Final Four. Uh, UNC beat them in Elite Eight, and the year before that, I think they went to the Final Four as a play-in game. So they've got some experience. I think Mick Crone has done a great job. But I, I think they, they didn't attack the basket. I'm looking at the free throws. They only shot – uh, six for 11, 54%. That's awful. They had an awful shooting day, not only from the field, but from the free throw line. Uh, Arizona was rocking. You got to give credit to their crowd. I watched the game. Uh, great atmosphere. Not only, you know, was it their credit uh, to Arizona's defense, but also UCLA didn't even show up. Um, you know, I, I didn't really feel like they had a great shooting day. You can see it on the, on the box score, too. Uh, and listening to Cronin uh, after the game, it didn't really sound like they – they brought it uh, defensively either. So I think UCLA had a bad day, and I think Arizona capitalized on it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there. I, I thought it was pretty smart what they were able to do to, to just play off Adam Bona and kind of dare him to do anything from the perimeter, which kind of takes away the advantage that you have going up against a team that plays too bigs, right? Because that's, that's a concern with Arizona. Can you play defense at a high enough level with Umar Balo out there and Azulis Tubelas out there? And they showed us tonight that they can. Um, uh, let me ask you guys this. If you have to 
if you have to buy one of these teams, right? Long-term NCAA tournament, knockout style of play, right? Where one game sends you home. Are you trusting this team that has like a high ceiling, kind of a low floor like Arizona? Or do you want to ride with a team like a UCLA where you kind of know what you're going to get every single night, even if they don't quite have that same level of talent, maybe as explosive of an offense, Tyler? Where do you stand on that? I'm buying UCLA. It's not even close to me. And I think Arizona is a great team, but I think UCLA has experience. Uh, I, I think they're big. I think they're well coached. Um, Joaquez is, is extremely uh, good player. I, yeah, I'm going UCLA. I'm with you. I don't even think it's that close either right now. Um, Arizona lost a lot. We talked about this in the past, Rob. Lost two first-round draft picks and a second-round pick. These guys are stepping up, and they're they're better. They're better than we probably thought they would be this time of year. They're getting better, but if I had to put, if I had to place a bet on it, this UCLA, the Bruins, I think they're they're, they're tough to defend. The only concern that I have with them would be three point consistent three point shooting. Where is it going to come from? That's not really Tiger's game. Akers, that's not his game. I mean, he's a more of a mid range shooter. Bona, you don't guard on the perimeter. It puts a lot of pressure on Clark and those guys coming from the bench. So we'll see. I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, make too much of that early right now because that's that's tricky. But I love Ty. I love Tiger. I think elite point guard play is something a lot of teams don't have. And if you got to make a deep run, you need a point guard play, and he's he's as good as any. Yeah, I, I've made this point on here before. I think that for them to reach their ceiling, they need Amari Bailey to be back and Amari Bailey to be a guy that can go get you a bucket when you need one. Cause I think they have everything else. Adam bone, the blocking shots, Jaime Hawkins and Jalen Clark, just, they know how to play, right? They're yeah. just, they just know how to play and Tiger's not going to make mistakes. You're not going to beat yourselves. I, I really like that team. All right. I got two ACC legends on the call with me and we've made it 24 minutes into the show. And we haven't even really talked about <laughs> ACC basketball yet. We're going to fix that problem right now. I want to start with North Carolina, NC state, Tyler, you were at that game, 23 and 18 for Baycott. RJ Davis had 26 points in his last nine games. He's averaging 18.6 points per game. He's one of the most efficient guards in the country. Um, I just want to say to Quavian Smith, uh, really scary fall was taken off the court on a stretcher. It seems like he is, uh, it's not something that is all that serious. His mom posted on Facebook saying that he's going to be quote, okay. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means he's going to be out for a while, but scary fall looked like he kind of dodged the worst of it. Tyler, where do you stand? Big picture on this North Carolina team. How deep of a run do you think that they can make? Are they still in the mix for the ACC tournament title? Like, give me all the North Carolina takes you got, my man. For me, um, it's going to come down to uh, quality shots for North Carolina. And to me, I think I've seen too many ISOs. Uh, and I've said before, I think it's all about us. I think the when this team gets assist, they look really, really good. But uh, – when they don't really play with much pace and they're kind of just, you know, tossing the ball around or taking bad shots. I think at one point I thought we took more contested threes than anybody in the country. It seemed like, and the shot quality, you know, wasn't great, but if we're sharing the ball moving and uh, playing through our Mondo inside, I think we're going to be a tough team. And also I think RJ Davis, I've said this before. I, I think he's the biggest X factor in the country. I've said this a few weeks ago, uh, on here as well. When he plays well, this team is very tough. Uh, but also, this is my first time really watching State a lot. State's a really good team. Um, the Smith kid is unbelievable. They really push the ball. They play play with a lot of pace. And also, the one kid today that really uh, surprised me was the DJ Burns kid yes. for uh, <laughs> NC State. 
Yeah, I love he, TJ. First of all, he's a unit. Uh, second of all, <laughs> I mean he he has he has really good hands around the rim and uh, nice touch. So I, I actually think this NC State team deserves a lot of credit. Uh, I think Carolina plays really well at home, and I've said that they uh, need to do better on the road to really be the team that they want and set themselves up for a good seed. But I, I think the ACC, even though everyone says it's a down year, I think they're much stronger than what most people think. And uh, actually, if you look at it last year, everybody said the ACC was down. Well, we almost put three teams in the final four. Miami was a win away from getting to the final four. So that would have put three of the four teams uh, in the final four ACC teams. I think Miami's a quality team as well. Uh, so it, to me, uh, for Carolina to really do well, I think it comes down to R.J. Davis having a big night and also the team uh, sharing the ball and getting a lot of assists and quality shots. Only thing I'll add to that is love needs to be better. If they want to get remotely close to anything they have to do, I, RJ's, you, you saw glimpses coming out of the tournament. He's been playing well to me since they got back from Portland. Right after that, he's he's figured it out, started, he started playing better. Love has not, he's not shooting it well. He's not making the right decisions. He's still struggling. Um, some, someone has to evolve from the bench from them too. They got to get some bench production. Like they have one point from the bench. Like at some point, you know, you can get away with that of love and um, Nance. You know, it's good to see Nance back. He was out for a couple of games with his back injury tightness and stuff like that. So RJ's figured it out. They got to play through Amando, like you said, but they gonna get anything close to winning on the road and, and, and making a tournament run. Love has to get back to playing like Caleb Love. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And also, I think for the bench, uh, when you talk about Jalen Washington, I thought that was a kid when Armando went down in Virginia. I thought he was somebody that could really step in. And also Seth Trimble has shown a few glimpses off the bench as well. But you're right about they need more depth. They need somebody to step up. Yeah. What, Tyler, what do you think about Armando coming out to do his post-game interviews wearing Prada sunglasses? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's up with that. I'm never a big sunglasses inside guy. Uh, I always laugh, but I don't know. I I have to figure out what's going on with that. I have no clue. (laughs) I don't know if I could pull off the Prada sunglasses. Um, RC, Duke beat Miami today. Virginia beat Wake Forest today. Clemson beat Virginia Tech today. It looks like we're starting to get kind of a, a clear cut, about top five, I would say. Right for a while, maybe it seemed like Pitt might be in the mix. We thought Virginia Tech was going to be there. I think it's it's Virginia, Clemson, Duke, Miami, and North Carolina to me. Right, kind of there at the top of the ACC. Who of those other three games who impressed you the most? Who are you feeling the best about at this point? Virginia. I mean, look, they've won five in a row. They've won seven out of eight. They have two losses by five points on the road in the ACC. Are we sleeping on them? No, I mean they're good. No, no one questions that. I think the only concern that I have with Virginia is they go through lulls and they don't score. They, they, they go through minutes of of a game without scoring. Like, we talk about everybody in the country has flaws. I mean, they're, we see we talk about Carolina. Their ceiling is high as anybody. We just talked about them. If love, if love gets going and gets consistent, look out. Um, Duke, we don't know what they can be. They've had so many injuries all year long with, you know, with Dirk Lively being out, Derek Whitehead, and then now Jeremy Roach has been out. He just got back. So we don't know what that team could, you know, could be like. We'll see. Hopefully their best basketball coming. Miami's, you know, not struggling, but but let me but ask you, just... let me go back to that on Duke. Do you think that they can get there? Like we've we've been talking about this probably since October, right? I remember Who'd you, you calling there? me after 
Duke. I remember you calling me after yes. you went to their practice yes. in, in in October, and you were like, yeah. "Look, they got talent. I, I don't know if they can get there." And now we're in January, and we're like, "Yeah, well, we don't know if we can get there." But there's a lot of reasons why they can. Yeah, we, we don't know now because time. because of health, right? Before we were mm -hmm. saying it because there's no Zion, there's no there's no Paulo Bencaro, there's no one of those guys. But we don't know what this team can be because what they what they are is they're huge, and they. And it, and it bothers people like that length. It's like they beat Miami the other day because Isaiah Wong had a six nine guy guard him, and then when he drove down a lane, he had to go through another six ten guy, another seven footer. So when they have all their pieces, they can be a problem. But we don't know yet because even in their losses, they've they've never had the entire roster yet to say how good they can be. We know they don't have a dominant freshman or you know like a, the number one pick, so to speak. But Filipowski stepped up, played much better than I think than anybody thought. There's some talent there. And then with Jeremy Roach coming back, it slides Proctor off the ball. He made shots today. I think he went three for five from three today. Opens things up a little bit. Secondary ball on handle. They get their bench going. I, 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 we'll see what they can be. I think they'll – I'm not saying they'll win the league, but they'll be right there in the end. All right, Tyler, you were asked this during the break. I want it out there publicly on Sirius XM, Channel 84. Who is the best team in the ACC right now? I, I would say I have to go with Clemson. Uh, I think they're playing well. The Hall kid is uh, one of the playing as as good as anybody. But it's hard to go against Clemson with what they've done so far. Uh, I think Brad Burnell is probably coach of the year in the ACC so far, and uh, I think they've surprised some people. But I'm not going against Clemson. Uh, at all, you know, after what they've done so far with their record. Did, did you did you hear that, RC? That was that that noise that you just heard was Terrence Oglesby doing fist bumps <laughs> in his in his living room right now, celebrating that Clemson. They got Clemson a big one today, man. They they they, they 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 played their tails off and 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 won at home tonight against that Virginia Tech. I don't know if you guys saw the end of it. They they were mm -hmm. down two. Brunel called a timeout, drew a hell of a play. Hunter Tyson three at the top. Put them up one. They went down, got a stop against Virginia Tech, who is probably the most su surprising one and seven team. I mean, you know, disappointing would be probably be the word. They lost seven straight games. I mean, I, I would have never thought that for a team at the beginning of the year. We, we were talking about them being up there challenging. I don't know who's been more disappointing. You know, and they've had injuries too. Again, you know, Hunter Couture is back now. Rodney Rice came back one game. He's you know he's been in and out of the lineup so. Uh, but no, but I mean, my, everybody's know. everybody's injured. You got to find yeah, a way. Yeah, you got to figure it out. No, it's right. You, you know what? And, and, my, and Mike White would be the first one to tell you nobody's going to feel sorry for us. If he was sitting right here right mm -hmm. now, he'd say we got to figure it out. Nobody's going to feel sorry for him. They're struggling. Lost seven straight. They got to figure it out. Yep, I agree. Listen, we need to talk about Kentucky uh, because I think that Kentucky is back. I am fully back in on the big blue nation bandwagon. I'm going to tell you why coming up next. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay. That was better, huh? Now there. Is that better? There's a there tease. There it is. There it is. He got his, <laughs> he got his pep and his step back. He got it back. Yeah, back got a confidence going now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's because I started getting, sipping on the tequila a little bit. That's there what you it go. Was. Trevor, happened. Trevor, we got any questions in the chat? One more Pac-12 one. Can either UCLA or Arizona get a one seed if they win the Pac-12? Or is a UCLA one seed out could. of the question? UCLA could. Yeah, I think it's going to depend on what happens elsewhere. I don't know if they can get it on their own. The only reason I say that is because I think Houston's pretty locked into one. I think Alabama's going to end up getting one. I think you could put some safe money on Purdue getting one. I think you're going to get one out of the Big 12. So they have to get some – look, you know what's crazy about UCLA? Do you know what their best is right, best win is right now this season? It's Kentucky. Mm. That's it. That's the only like good win that they have out of conference. Like depending on what you think about winning at Maryland, that's who they beat. They don't have a top twenty-five win, depending on what you think about Kentucky. And Kentucky was not top twenty-five at the time. Thirty seconds. All right. Anything else? Alabama Trevor? or the field? Garrett wants to know. The the field. The field. You never don't take the field. Yeah. I'm going to give you guys Alabama's gambling good. too. Yeah. If anybody ever says I will give you this team or the field, always take the field. Never don't take the field. Ten seconds. <laughs> Just giving you what do we someone asked us that the other day, right? Oh, it was Purdue in the Five, Big Ten. Purdue in the field. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Three. Here we go. Welcome back to the field of 68 after dark. Sirius XM Channel 84. Rob Dawson here. I got Tyler Hansborough. I got Randolph Childress. If you are listening to this, uh, go ahead over, jump in the YouTube chat. Join us. Uh Ask us some questions. We answer them during the commercial breaks. We will be doing the afters, which means that you will be able to talk with us for 20 minutes after the show ends only exclusively on the YouTube channel. Feel the 68. You can find that on YouTube. All right. We need to talk about Kentucky guys because they uh, they played pretty well today, beating a Texas A&M team that came in 5-0 and in the SEC. Kentucky won 76-67, and I'm back in on them. And this is the reason why their best lineup is with Casey Wallace at the point, CJ Frederick and Antonio Reeves out there with Jacob Toppin at the four and she at the five and all five of those guys played more than 28 minutes tonight. Uh, Chris Livingston started uh, Lance Ware played about 15 minutes when she was in a little bit of foul trouble, but severe Wheeler, he only played eight minutes and no one else really cracked that rotation. So RC, I am back in on this Kentucky team. I said it when, when they beat Tennessee, if John Calipari embraces this lineup with the two shooters on the floor, then Kentucky's going to be able to hit their ceiling, and it looks like he's doing it. Well, if they put Wallace at the point and they got Reeves and Frederick out there with Toppin at the four and Sheway, then that that five can be can play with anybody. That five, but that wasn't the way they started, as you know, starting the year. Mm-hmm. Severe Willer was playing heavy minutes, and then the, the court just shrunk. Everybody's in the paint. 
you know, they were had it is almost like Reed, you know, Frederick and Reeds was subbing in for each other. They weren't playing much together in a sense. Those the guys now, all the shooters are on the floor, they're spacing the floor, they shoot. They shot 32 threes tonight. They shot a hell of a lot of threes. And if if, if they play that way, it opens up the lane for Oscar Sheepway. Didn't score a lot tonight, but still had a presence in the game. They're improved. I, I some something's changed. We'll see what happens. If they can sustain this this type of play we'll see how it goes but i, I i'm with you I, I got no argument about that they're playing better they look better the, the pieces look better than they have in the past i don't want to say it's severe willis fault but he, for whatever reason it just doesn't fit as well when he's out there with, with oscar he he's a great player but he's a guy that tyler he's a guy that kind of needs to fit in the system and in a roster that works for him, he's yep. not the guy that you want to build the roster around. And if it works better with these other guys, sometimes you kind of have to, you know, bite the bullet and accept the fact that you're going to end up being a six man on this team. And I think that's what severe is at this moment. I don't even know if he's six, man. Whoa. I'm trying to be nice, Randall. And I'm not saying that to be, I'm not saying that to be to, to crush him. Because Reeves doesn't start. He's coming off. So one of those shooters is coming off the bench. I'm just saying that he needs to – his role is lessened. That's all I mean. I, I, I like him. He's Because at the beginning of the year, he was the second-best player. And that's when I said at the beginning of the year, Kentucky fans would get upset because him and Oscar Sheepway were two guys that needed a ball to score at the paint. It didn't fit. Are you saying yeah. Kentucky fans got upset? I've never seen that happen oh, before. No, they don't. Not. Just a little bit. They, they, they just a little bit. They're a little bit. Go ahead, Tyler. We've cut you off twice now. <laughs> well, I, I'm out on Kentucky. I don't think they have the shooters uh, to really uh, advance or have the season that they want. Uh, I think Tashiwe is great, but I don't think they have the pieces that really uh, open up the court and allow him to do what he what he does to the best of his ability. I think teams are going to continue to sag. Uh, they're going to continue to dare the guys to shoot the three ball. And uh, – I you know, you've seen Kyle Perry try to mix up the style and see what can work. Uh, now he's starting to bench Wheeler, which I think Wheeler's a good player. And I agree with uh, Childers. I don't think that, you know, his style with Toshiba, they kind of clash. They're ball dominant. They have to get inside. That plays to the defense that they're seeing every night. Uh, but, you know, to me, I don't think this is sustainable for Kentucky. All right, so – Elsewhere in the SEC, we saw Alabama uh, pick up a pretty massive win at Missouri. Kobe Brown didn't play, but are we all on the same page that Alabama's right? I don't know if you guys think that they're better than Houston. I don't know if you think they're better than Purdue, but I think we all agree. Like, that is as good as it gets, as dangerous as it gets in college basketball this year. Are you guys there as well? I think they're the best team in the country. I think they're Point blank Houston. period. I'm, I'm, I'm on record saying – I expect to see them in Houston. I, I don't. I, that's the best way I can put it. Provided they stay uh, healthy, I, I'm with you. I think they have the pieces. I, I've I've said on here too. I think they're athletic. They're big. Uh, Brandon Miller's unbelievable, and they they do have really good pieces. And but also North Carolina almost beat them when North Carolina was really struggling. They should have beat them. We took them into multiple overtime. Uh, so they are vulnerable, uh, but. To me, they're one of those teams that should be uh, a Final Four team for sure. They have the talent. They're playing as good as – they're playing better than anybody right now. But, yeah, I, I'm a believer in Alabama. Yeah, I, I will just say this. Last year, um, UConn beat 
Auburn when Auburn was the best team in the country. And this year they beat Alabama and Alabama looks like the best team in the country. It's too damn bad that UConn can only do that against the teams from Alabama. Now, if we could do it against everybody else in the country, then maybe I'd be a, a much less stressed human being. All right. You mentioned earlier, Tyler, you think Kansas is the best team in the big 12. I, I'm kind of of the mindset that there is no like definitive best. There are six teams that are all just going to beat the shit out of each other all season long at the top of that league. And if Kansas wins it, it's because they got a guy on the sideline that's probably the best uh, in in college basketball. Just to kind of uh, drive that point home, today Oklahoma State beat Iowa State at home. Iowa State at uh, previously was tied for first place in the league. Baylor had lost three of their first uh, their first three games in the Big 12, came back today, won at Oklahoma. They've now won four in a row. And then Kansas State came from eight points down in the second half to beat Texas Tech at home. It, it's just that league is a bear. Every single game that you play, is, I, I think as, as of this moment, half of the games that have been played in conference play in the Big 12 have either ended in a one-possession game or gone to overtime. That's insane when you think about it. Yeah, and I, I still believe – I think Kansas uh, is going to win the Big 12. I'm a believer in Bill Self. Uh, I think that they have the best home court advantage. I think that plays a factor. Uh, but to me, it, you know, you're right. It is the best conference this year. There's a lot of great teams in there. Uh, you know, anybody can beat anybody. But uh, I'm still rolling with Kansas. I think they have the pieces. And it's not a shot at any other team in the Big 12. I just – uh, I'm a believer in Kansas. I think they, they have the pieces in the coach. I, 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 I agree. I, I would go with Kansas in the end. I, I think Kansas State will have something to say about it. Uh, Texas has been good. Iowa State now. We just saw with TCU. I, those teams are going to beat each other up all year. Um, let's see what the road, what teams start winning the road. I mean, there's some big games coming up. We talked about Kentucky. You got, we're going to see them, you know, coming up. We got uh, Baylor and Kansas on Monday. You know, that's going to be a big game on Monday. And then Kansas has Kentucky on Saturday. So, you know, we're going to see a lot of things start shaking out here as we finish up January and start getting into February. We're going to get these, you know, one thing I do love about that league is they everybody plays home and away. Yes. And, and that's, that's the best. I wish every league and every team would do it, um, but they play home and away. And that's what makes it, that's what makes it so unique. I will say this about Kansas, right? I think we're going to know a lot about them in the next two weeks. This is their next five games. They play at Baylor. They play at Kentucky. They get Kansas State at home uh, in a rematch of the, that overtime thriller from Tuesday night. Then they play at Iowa State, and then they get Texas at home. That <laughs> that That is a brutal five-game stretch right there. might be the toughest five-game stretch that anybody's going to play. And, oh, by the way, it comes off the back of playing Iowa State at home at Kansas State, TCU at home. Like, what? That's – how do – what do you do with that? What, like, seriously, how do you – what do you do with that? I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't be surprised they're losing games. No. I mean, it's brutal. Brutal. They're going to lose some games. Uh, it's trying – I mean, it's they're not going to win every game, uh, but I think trying to obviously minimize those losses and come out and, uh, you know, learn from those losses, I think we'll see how they bounce back. Uh, we'll see what they do next game. I think that's going to be, uh, you know, a good indication of what this team is built on. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, uh, on the other side of this break, I'm going to play a game with you guys. I want to play a little buy-sell hold because there are three teams that I can think of that are really high ceiling teams that could also, I could see, end up losing in the first round of a bad matchup. That's Marquette, 
that's Auburn and that's Baylor. I'm gonna you're gonna hear why all three of us are are buying one of those teams coming up next. Hey Blair, fumbled the bag on that one. That was like a C plus effort. That was like a C plus effort on that tease. Trevor, what do we got? Daniel wants to know: Does Oklahoma State's win say more about them or Iowa State? Uh, I will. I think it says more just about the Big 12 and Oklahoma. Like, Oklahoma yeah. State's good. They're not a bad team. Yeah, they're not a bad team. Their guard play is really good. I mean, coming in, I, I was wondering, though, Cissé, who's the defensive player of the year, didn't even start. He's he's had an ankle thing. He's that he's been, been I know he's been dinged yeah. up, but he played enough where I'm like, I don't understand when you're coming off an injury. I always felt like, start me and let me go. Don't warm me up and then let me sit down and then put me into the game coming off the bench and I'm, I got a nagging injury. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. He's he's been banged up. He hasn't been right. It's also hard to fit him out there with Caleb Boone because they're both just kind of like shot blockers in the middle. Yep. It's like, why, why do you think that there's no spacing and no offense there? Yeah. Brian wants to know if you guys think Kentucky's optimal lineup can beat Alabama. Hell no. Thirty seconds. Uh, I mean, I probably wouldn't bet on it. They definitely wouldn't be favored, but. Um, They'd have a shot. I mean, yeah, I, th- I think it's the best. Like the best the shot best, Kentucky has is to play those shot, five yeah, guys. Those three guards that can <laughs> knock down shots, topping at the four and she at the fives. Ten seconds. Yeah, because you got you got the athleticism with that right. lineup that you can right. deal with Alabama. Here we go. Three, two, one. Welcome back, Field of sixty-eight after dark. Sirius XM Channel eighty-four. Rob Dawson here. I got Randolph Childress. I got Tyler Hansborough. You can join us for the afters starting uh, in about 10 minutes after the show. Um, we'll be live on YouTube still. Jump in the YouTube chat. You can ask us some questions. You can interact. You can ask Randolph Childress and Tyler Hansborough anything that you want to ask them. Um, maybe it will make the show. Maybe it won't. You'll see. You got to jump in the chat and find out. Uh, listen, we're going to play buy, sell, hold here in a second. I want to ask you guys this. Where does Texas Tech stand in terms of the most disappointing teams in college basketball? Because this was a team that was like preseason top 15, preseason top 20, brought in all these transfers, spent all this NIL money, and here they are in uh, in, in late January, and they are 0-7 in the Big 12. Is this, you know, what what's happened with this team, RC? I wasn't high on them as everyone else was. So, I, you know, for me, I, I didn't think they'd be at the bottom of the Big 12, but I, I wasn't as high on them. And I said that I, I just didn't think they were going to be as – last year I thought what made them special was they were so big, so much athleticism and length and size on a, on a, on a perimeter. I, I didn't see that at the beginning of the year. And uh, I know they've had some injuries, but I, I, I was never really high on Texas Tech in the sense of thinking that they were going to be what they had been in the previous years. Yeah, Tyler, have you? How much have you seen them play? Uh, I, I've seen clips, and you know, I, I would say they're having a disappointing year, hundred percent. Uh, I don't know if they're the most disappointing team in basketball, but uh, bottom of the the Big Twelve. But the Big Twelve is a tough conference. They're going to lose some games, but uh, I don't know if they want to lose everyone uh, every game. But yeah, they're having a disappointing. I, yeah, I put them right there with one of the most disappointing teams in basketball. So they're they're one of the teams where there was NIL money spent to bring transfers in. And one of the concerns that I had with that level of, um, I mean, for lack of a better term, spending 
is the way that it kind of impacts a locker room, right? I think when you guys get to the NBA, it's a little bit different because everyone kind of knows like, okay, this is what your salary is. This is what your salary is. This means you're going to play this many minutes. We all know that you're the star, right? right? I think it's a little bit more complicated when you get to college. And, uh, you know, Tyler, I know you guys didn't deal with NIL where you were in college, but you spent 10 years in the NBA. So um, how is that, what is that dynamic like uh, at the professional level and how, how difficult will it be to kind of bring that down to a level where you're dealing with, I mean, 18, 19, 20 year old kids. I, I think it has an impact because it, I think NIL money, anytime you try to bring money into basketball, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, kids are going to be selfish. Everybody wants to make money. Uh, how they do it in the NBA, it's, it's totally different because you have contracts and, you know, to me, you kind of know who your star players are and uh, the salaries kind of determine your importance to the team. And I'm not sure if the NIL is um, heading that way, but I, I think you're seeing a lot of people throw a lot of money at some of these players and they're not really panning out to be the player they thought. And people are starting to realize that, uh, you know, there's there's more to just throwing money at players. You got to have chemistry. Uh, you got to have a team. uh that works together, period. And, uh, yeah, you're starting to see some NIL fallout for 100%. RC? I... It's simple to me. I, I don't, I, that, that, sigh was, that sigh was, now you see why I got out of coaching. No, no. It's just, <laughs> I, I swear to you, I, was, I, I did think that. But, it's listen, you know what? We saw that with Miami. You know, when Nigel Pat got that money and, and Isaiah Wong came out and was like, look, hey, you know, and then it went away quietly. I'm assuming they took care of that. Um, <laughs> you got to know that, though. You know, you got to know that. It's like if I'm bringing Tyler in, I'm, I'm going to know what he is at his team. And, and and that's part of the negotiation where I'm going to be like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and, hey, this is, this is going to be my big guy. And I'm going to make sure we're taking care of him or whatever. And. You, 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 that's just part of it. I mean, most coaches and them will tell you they don't want to have to deal with it, but you have to deal with it. So if you don't, then, you know, the shame on you. But um, if you're sitting here in some, because some programs don't even have to deal with it. I think mm -hmm. that's why. And I, I was blown away with even learning that, that like there's a lot of coaches and programs out there that, that don't have a person making a dollar NIL. So, uh, it's still evolving. It's still changing. And if you're not prepared for it one way or the other, then shame on you. If you're an institution that's choosing not to be a part of it, good luck because things won't change because kids are going to go where the money is. So you better figure it out, you know, um, because, you know, this super seniors and this COVID years, you got two more in another year and a half. This is it. You know, then it, then it's going to be like back like normal year and you won't have these super seniors and everything else unless it's an injury. So um, if that's the case, that that you know, like, again, school wise, you got to figure that out. You got to do better with it. That's part of, you know, bringing in players, knowing how much they make and how much they earning. And, and, and that's just part of your responsibility. If not, then you're just you're just out of times. Yeah. So I think the biggest issue with Texas Tech is they went out and they kind of they brought in these guys just to bring in these players instead of going out and saying, okay, we need to identify what's going to work with what we do. You mentioned how last year they had all six, eight, six, uh, six, yes. six to six, eight guys with wingspans that are like seven. Yeah, I thought that two. was, they're going to be their identity, almost like a, a Nova. Like everybody knows yeah. Nova plays his style. That's what I thought they were going to do. 
I mean, that's the issue is you brought in a bunch of dudes that aren't going to be elite defenders no. for a guy that is supposed to be able to coach elite defensively. And it just, it, it's, it's a weird fit. It's a weird setup. You got Daniel Bacho there, but you go out and you get far at alls coming in, right? You don't really have a point guard. You bring in pop Isaacs. Who's a guy that's like, I mean, he looks like me out there shooting, right? Just throwing up 40 footers left and right. So um, it's, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird fit and it just, it's not working. And I think it's one of those ones where it's a little bit of uh it, it's, it's what other programs as they kind of develop in this have to look at a red flag. If you're going to go out and spend NIL money, make sure you're bringing in someone that fits with what you want to do and the style that you want to play. Don't just bring in names to bring in names. All right, let's play buy, sell, hold here. Cause we got about five minutes left uh, before we're off on serious. So I'm going to go to you first, Tyler Marquette, Auburn and Baylor. You got to buy one, you got to hold one and you got to sell one. I'm buying Marquette. I think their offense is great. Uh, they spread the floor. Uh, I think Shock is doing a great job. Uh, they're one of the best offensive efficiency teams in the country, uh, right behind Purdue. Uh, so I'm definitely uh, buying Marquette. I'm selling Baylor. I think they've lost to some bad teams and had a bad start. I'm not really sold on them, and I'm going to hold on Auburn. I, th- I think they have some quality home wins, and they have a great record at home, but I'm not not too sold on them. So we'll see. RC? I'm buying Marquette. He spoke on Marquette. I, I think I got the other order changed a little bit. I'm actually going to hold on Baylor. I, I think their guard play is just too strong. I, I do worry about their, their the production from their front line, uh, but, I, but I love their guard play. Cryer didn't play great today, but again, I, I love their backcourt. And, and I'm, not, I'm never going to say, with a backcourt that strong, they can beat anybody on any given night. And they're still a top 25 ranked team in the country. I'm going to sell Auburn because my question to you guys is tell me who they've beaten. They're sitting at the top of the, they're sitting at the, top of the SEC, and they've beaten the, the bottom five teams of the six wins. This is the, the worst five teams in the SEC right now. So, And four of them got one win. So if I had to sell, I need to see more from Auburn before I can, I can hold or buy them. So I'm going to sell Auburn uh, and then uh, – Baylor and, and, and Marquette. So, I, yeah, I'm selling Auburn, too. And you want to know who their best wins are. They beat Arkansas at home when Arkansas didn't have Nick Smith or Javon Brazil. They beat Florida at home. They beat Northwestern. They beat St. Louis at home. Like, there's not a lot of good wins there. And they also and lost to Memphis. South lost Carolina, LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State is in conference wins, and I think they beat mm-hmm. Georgia, who's in the you know. No, they lost to Georgia. They lost to Georgia they lost, by twelve. They did. They lost to Georgia. They lost, lost to Georgia, Georgia yeah. by twelve. So, so I'm I'm, I'm selling win. Auburn. I'm sorry, Bruce. Uh, you know, I, I'm with I, you. Yeah, I enjoy your personality, but uh, that your team ain't it this year. Um, I'm going to hold on Marquette, and the reason I'm going to hold on Marquette is because I think that they've already kind of like they peaked. I don't know how much higher they can get than where they are right now. They're eighth in Ken Palm right now. They're rolling. They're the number one offense in college basketball. This is like, this is as good as they are. This is what they are. They're a top 10 team, right? So I don't, I don't know where you can keep going up from here. So I'm going to hold on Marquette and then I'm going to buy Baylor because I think they are two possessions away from being six and one and tied for first place in, in the big 12 right now. They lost that thriller to Kansas state in overtime at home, and they lost by a point at home to TC when they blew a 17-point lead. I know they can't really guard, but, man, 
their backcourt is just so talented. Keontae George is figuring it out a little bit. Adam Flagler is getting going a little bit. LJ Cryer didn't play great today, but we know what he could be as a scorer. Yep. I'm in on Baylor. And you know what else, Tyler? I'm just betting on Scott Drew at the end of the day. I will bet on Scott Drew. They, I wonder if they got to run more zone. They got to switch things up a little bit. They just don't have the eraser at the rim right now to make up for the for their mistakes, and 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 it's just killing them on the defensive end. But again, their guard play is just elite. Or just score ninety five every night. Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> that might be the easiest thing that you could do. Um, listen, we gotta we gotta get out of here in about a minute. So Tyler, I'm gonna give you thirty seconds on this. You got to pick one guy in the Big Twelve, one coach to build your program around. Who is it? Is it Bill Self? It's easy, Bill Self. Uh, I've always loved Bill Self's style, especially the way uh, you know he uses his two bigs traditionally and gives them freedom uh, around the high post. I've always loved that. I've always been a big fan of. Of Bill course, Self. a big guy, a big guy is gonna say that. <laughs> a big guy gonna pick a big guy coach. He's, that's easy, man. You said that's you threw him alive with that, but of course he's gonna pick Bill Self. I did. I had to put it up there, man. I had to put it up there. Listen, this has been the Field of 68 After Dark. You can find us on YouTube. We stream there every night, 11 p.m. Uh, you can find us on any podcast app, whether it's Apple Podcasts, whether it's Spotify, whether it's Google Podcasts, any of that stuff. Anywhere you can get podcasts for free, you can hear these episodes. They will be loaded as soon as the show is done every single night. So for Tyler Hansborough, for Randolph Childress, for producer Trevor and producer Chrono, my name is Rob Doster. We'll see you guys tomorrow night. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy, with Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Nope, clear. It's the afters, baby. Trevor, cue up the intro. <laughs> All right, we're here in the afters. Now I got to get your guys' opinion on this. Do we do okay. basketball questions first, or do we address John Wall first? Because there's about 18 people in the chat wanting to hear from Tyler on that one. <laughs> Tyler, that's that's your call. Man. It, it doesn't matter to me, fellas. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say what you got to say about John Wall. The whole John Wall situation, I stand behind my tweet. I stand behind my story. Actually, um, no, before, before you do this, for the people that, that aren't aware, what happened was John Wall was on Theo Pinson's podcast and basically told a story where he said when, when he was on a visit to North Carolina, he went up to say hello to you and you said, I don't talk to recruits. That's what John Wall said. More or less, right? That's exactly what he said. Um, but uh, I stand behind my tweet, what I said. I, the story never happened. Um, and uh, also, uh, I would just say that if Coach Williams ever knew any player has talked to a recruit like that, uh, he would be after uh, that player. But I stand behind my story. This didn't happen. Uh, it's, you know, I'm, there's no animosity towards John Wall. I'm just, you know, telling you my side. Uh, I can't explain anything else, but uh, this didn't happen. I also did a podcast on this and it happened to be our 
most listened to podcasts, believe it or not. But yeah, it's uh, oh, I I believe it, Tyler. <laughs> I, I, I it's been great for the podcast. Uh, but plug, no, plug, I, plug your pod, plug your pod. What is it? Uh, Sleepwalk Worldwide, every platform. Go ahead and check it out. Get the whole story. But yeah. We we talked about this a little bit off air, but how surprised were you on what was it like a Tuesday afternoon to just kind of be sitting there and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, Tyler Hansborough is trending on every single social media platform because of what? What did I do? How did this happen? It was an odd story uh, to begin with, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I got a, I was in a group text, like I said, and, uh, you know, I just kind of ignored some texts and I had to scroll up and see what they kept saying. My name's like, what's going on here? And then uh, I watched the clip and uh, I kind of laughed. I was like, man, I don't remember this happening. And I actually called a teammate of mine, Bobby Frazier. I was like, yo, when the hell did John Wall visit, uh, visit UNC? And uh, I was like, I don't ever remember him being there. And, uh, you know, none of my other teammates really do. And also, I wish another recruit would come out and back his story up because, you know, that'd be pretty helpful. You know, when I first heard it, I, I, I didn't think much of it because I thought I, I took it as not not really knowing or caring if it was true or not. I took it as that. And, you know, we've all been there where sometimes a coach may say, hey, you don't mind helping out with a recruit. But sometimes some weekends you may be like, coach, man, I, I don't really want to do it this weekend. Can you get so and so? You know somebody else you know you didn't want to host every there's a difference in hosting them and then just hanging out with them there's a big difference and, and not everybody wanted to host every time like you just would take certain guys so i just i when i first read it or heard it i was like ah oh, maybe tyler just was like look man i my girl in town or whatever like i i ain't got time for this this weekend i didn't think much of it my girl was always in town but uh, <laughs> uh just to say the, the timeline, after, he said after, you know, national championship, after we won the national championship, you know, if, to be technically legal, it probably, uh, I would be considered alum after I graduated. So I'm not even sure I was supposed to talk to recruits just to be going with the rules back in the day. But um, no, that was an odd timeline because, uh, yeah, I, I just can't remember John Wall ever being on campus even. Yeah. All right. Well, now that that's out of the way, Trevor, do we have uh, any any non-John Wall related questions? All right. We'll, we'll we'll slowly segue our way back into basketball questions. Michael asks, "Can Tyler tell us any clean, funny stories from his time in the NBA?" <laughs> uh, I know RC can tell some funny stories. They aren't very clean though. Cause yeah, I, heard I ain't got no clean ones. <laughs> I got no clean. <laughs> Everybody's clean's different. Uh, Oh, man, I, I can't think of it. Man, what's um, man? I need a new question. I'll come back to that. Yeah, think about that. Give us a give us a, a college hoops related question. We'll circle back. Yep, we'll dive into. Uh, is Mark Adams on the hot seat? Somebody asked that. Oh no, not not yet. They owe him too much money. But he, uh, we gotta. If he has another season like this, you know, you can't you can't go full Ewing, right? You can't go full Patrick Ewing and Ofer. In a power conference, what? he won't go over. They'll win a game. <laughs> you hope so. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> you said you said that same thing about Patrick Ewing last year, and here we are, like a twenty-nine game Big East losing streak. No, no, no. I said he should be. He deserved to come back because he built the program. But, oof, that shit's bad. 
It's not good. It's not good. What else you got, Trevor? Speaking of things not good, someone asking what's going on with Oregon this year. They are currently losing to Stanford, forty-two to thirty-seven. They they make no sense to me. They make no sense. I think it's one of those things. I, I don't know if they like each other. Like I don't know if the guys on that team get along at all. I know that was an issue for them last year. I don't know if it still is. I don't understand how you can smack around Arizona the way they did, and then the night before get smacked around. They just they they're just. I don't know. Have you watched them at all, RC? I have. I I I don't necessarily get it either. I mean, they're they're heckling Jide to me. You just don't know what you're gonna get. Heckling Jide. <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's my movie. <laughs> I always call with my kids. He- heckling Jide is just like To's tires, huh? <laughs> uh-huh. Trevor, what else? <laughs> is Shaka smart? A coach of the year candidate. Yeah, easily. Absolutely. Who would you guys have? National coach of the year conversation right now. For me, uh, Tang, Matt Painter, and Shock is up there. Those three for me. Throw Brunell. Samson. Throw Brunell into the mix. Yeah, Brunell, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, There was one more that I'm missing. Now, oh, uh, Otzelberger, TJ at, at Iowa State. I think those are the guys. I, I think I probably would go Painter right now if I had to pick one guy. Just because you've got no, two freshman I'm, guards. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go. I, I would even say Brunel has to get more love than he's getting for a guy that, that was came into this year like, you better <clears> win or you're gone. And to have the year that they're having, knowing that you're not successful when you, your best player was hurt, like that 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 missed the entire preseason, missed a couple of games early, and for them to be sitting where they're sitting right now, I I, I think he has to get more consideration of it. You know, they're not as on a national level like Painter and Purdue, but he he you know none of those coaches with job were coaching for their job, and he was. I I think. Uh... I think Brunel, I think RC's right. Brunel deserves more credit. Even Clemson, they're not even, not many people have them uh, really ranked or high. But I will say, I like what Painter's Painter's done with Edie. I think Edie's really improved, probably the most improved player in college. And the way he's brought on those freshmen, uh, it is surprising, especially when they lose Jay, you know, the Ivy kid and also uh, the Williams kid uh, to the NBA. It's surprising what Purdue's been able to do. Uh, yeah, and, and how good a shape. Like, Edie could play 35 minutes. How often do you see – I'm shocked forward? that he's doing that. That was the one thing I didn't think he could do. I, I, I thought he was, like, on a pitch count, like a minute restriction type of deal because of his size and everything else. And he's blown all that out the window and just the most dominant player in college basketball. Like, all right, I got to take, take for you guys. I said this on Tuesday. I think Bill Self needs to get more attention for – uh, national Coach of the Year conversation, Big 12 Coach of the Year conversation. Um, Not overthinking. Well, the reason why I say that is we always assume that it's just like the team that doesn't have expectations and outperforms those expectations 
is always going to be the best coaching job, right? I think you can make an argument that given the fact that he doesn't have a low post presence, given the fact that he doesn't really have a point guard that's a scoring threat, given the fact that he has like one and a half guys that can make perimeter shots, and given the fact that like he basically doesn't have a bench, he kind of has to go with five guys, that he's found a way to more or less put themselves in a position where they're the best team in the Big 12 or one of the best teams in the Big 12. Like that just – that's so hard to do. Like they're not where they are right now if Bill Self isn't scheming up a lot of that stuff and finding ways to kind of manufacture victories in those close games. I just – they're – they're so outperforming what they look like on paper, and I think a lot of that has to do with the guy on the sidelines. And we never give coaches credit for that, right? It's always the people that come out of nowhere as opposed to saying, yeah, they were supposed to be good. They're not as good as we thought they were going to be, but they're still winning. Does that make sense? No, it's, it's why it was why when we first had the list, I said Samson. Yep. Because I felt like I, I, I think he's someone that we knew they were going to be good. And then we kind of like, all right, like they're good, like so what, like they're they're top three, top two, whatever, and you you just expect them to be that way, so you kind of dismissive toward what he's doing. So I, I from that aspect, I, but but we we all agree. I think he's, if not the best coach in the country, I think he's the best in the big the Big Twelve. So I, I don't think there's a better coach in the country than that. But I, I wouldn't. I just think that what Tang has done at Kansas State. I think it would be hard if that award if that award had to come out of that conference. I don't know how it's not it comes it doesn't go to my head. They're so bought in for him too, Tyler. Like the the, the players, the fan base supported him. Like the, I, I was able to hang out with him when we were in Manhattan on Tuesday, and it just like the energy this dude gives off is on another level. I I, I absolutely could have played for. Did you see him after the court storm when he got on there? He grabbed it and he's like, "I told you we'd get you one court storm. From now on, we expect to win." Yeah, I, I am ready to run through that fucking wall over there for this dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think Tang's a coach of the year in the Big Twelve for sure. But you know, if you're going to put coaches, you know, that have you know these high expectations and live them, I, w- I would say you got to put Nate Oates in there too under those standards. Mm-hmm. I think uh, for Alabama and kind of you know having the season they are. I mean, he's done a pretty good job. Uh, but you're right, Bill Self has changed his system to fit his team this year uh but also they've uh they've gotten off to bad starts and they've kind of squeaked by a few teams these past few games besides this just getting railroaded by tcu uh mick cronin if you're going to say that uh excluding today out of uh arizona loss from ucla he's done a good job but uh yeah you're right to me uh tang um Big 12 coach of the year so far. Uh, totally changed the environment and atmosphere at Kansas State. Non-basketball school, if you ask me. Now, uh, you know, they're selling out and they're, they're uh, storming the court. The octagon of doom, baby. Uh, one other name I'll put on there. If they keep playing defense like this, then Arizona's going to end up, like, shooting up all of these rankings and they're going to put up some big win totals and uh, then they're going to have a chance to win a national title. If they, can, if they guard the way they did today, like, that's a game-changer. I think for them long term. Uh, Trevor, what else we got? RC Austin wants you to talk about Wake Forest. He said, "Give them some love. They've looked good." Oh no, we have. I, you know, they they listen. Had a tough one at home today against Virginia. Um, had their moments, dug themselves in a hole early. Virginia's Virginia's tough to beat, man. If they make that many threes, they came out bombing threes, and the style of play makes it tough. The Deeks are right there, man. They, they they're gonna have to win some games on the road. Uh, great win at home against Clemson. 
I think to be honest, they they've caught a break in some of their games. Like Clemson's not been fully healthy. Uh, Duke missing two of their freshmen when they played, but who cares? I mean, Rob, we were having that argument about that. You said that days ago. You were talking about that. You said that the committee looks at that. And, they do. And, and if they do, then I think it hurt the Deeks because they might gonna say, "Hey, when you beat Duke, no, so so what it is? They they don't look at it for the other team that are missing people, but it's something that they will. It doesn't nullify a loss, but if you play a game and like you're missing your three best players, that's something that they will recognize and they will like it'll 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 be acknowledged. It'll be like in the little cheat sheet that you get for each one of those teams, right? There's no quantifiable way to know exactly how what that's going to end up being, but it's something that they know when they have those conversations. Yeah, the Deeks will be right there. They, they're going to have to finish the ACC strong. They got to figure out a way to creep up in that and stay in that top six and give themselves a chance to determine the bid. If they if they fall below that, then I don't think they'll get in. All right, I got a, I got a question. This one, I, Do I have to get in the chat to ask this question, Trevor? Because yes. I got a question for both these guys. Yep. Send it in. All right. Uh, Tyler, I want to know your power rankings and kind of like who you hate the most in terms of the other schools in North Carolina and, and like where they stay, like, it, is it Duke up here and then NC state down here in Wake Forest? Is that like Duke, NC state, Wake Forest? And I want the same question to you, RC, you guys are both, you guys played in that same league in that same state. So I, I want to know like who you hated the most and how big of a difference it was. Uh, for me, um, it's not even close. NC State is number one. Um, mm. Their fans, pretty tough. Um, it's pretty annoying. Saying it. Yeah. It's a very uh, diplomatic way. <laughs> yeah, well, usually I'm not that diplomatic or politically correct. Yeah, yeah the state fans are the worst. Um, not a big state guy, never have been. Uh, then I would say Duke. Um, you know, Duke. Also, Duke was pretty dominant. Um, Wake was... They had a good team. They had Jeff Teague, uh, James Johnson, uh, and those guys, Al Farouk Amino. Uh, they, they actually beat us my senior year um, at Wake. They kind of turned around. But I called them at the end. I think they were going through, uh, you know, some – they were kind of starting to drop off a little bit when I was in school, and they kind of built it back up. But uh, that would be my my order, NC State, Duke, then Wake. Who 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 outside the triad would be? Was anybody outside the triad for you? Florida State was up there. Not a big Florida State guy. And also, you 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 went to Maryland. Maryland was a tough place. Uh, Maryland, Maryland was on. I miss Maryland in the ACC. Man, they used to have some great teams. Uh, it was always tough in Maryland. Maryland fans always. were tough. Always. Yeah. I would say the number one team I hated would probably would be Duke. Um. I think everybody else is kind of different. After you spent the entire Final Four defending them and backing them mm -hmm. and saying how how great they were, <laughs> no, how great Coach it. K stop was. Stop it! Stop it! Oh no, he is. He's the he is. People, you know what? <laughs> Listen, I I can say it out of respect because Carolina is right. I mean, they they always had great teams. I mean, hell. My, during my time, and held Carolina, Duke had two national championships during that time, and held Carolina won one in 93. So, um, great teams, but I would say outside of the triad state, I don't know if I ever lost the NC State. So, for me, it was like, I don't know if there's a really a rivalry. Um, technically, I could say that even with Duke to some extent, but 
you just didn't because of the way things went. You know how it is when you go inside camera and the whistles and all that other stuff. You just you just hated it. Uh, mm-hmm. I was teasing Jeff about that when I called that pit game when they just slapped the floor. They do all that slapping the floor and all the defensive stuff. And I'm like, man, nobody want to hear that shit. Um, <laughs> outside, of, outside of that, Maryland, like we just talked about, you know what the hardest place for me to play, though, was Clemson. I don't know what the hell it was about Clemson for me. It was a, it, it was always feeling like a dog fight. And then those early Florida State years was tough when they had Charlie Ward and Sam and Sam Cassell and, and, and Bob Sir. But uh, I, it would be Duke, then I'd say Carolina, and try it, then it would be State. Too much orange in that Clemson building. That's what it is. They were one of the early arenas that had the students right on top of you, too. They were, they were just right on top of you, you know, just going crazy even back then and you know they weren't always the best team but playing in there i just didn't seem to play well i felt like for whatever reason being there what's the what's the wildest thing you guys heard from a student section was there a, so I'll, when we were at uh at kansas state um every single time jalen wilson went to the free throw line the entire crowd started chanting dui because he got a dui like two summers ago or something like that is it, do you guys have any kind of like crazy um, things that I guess are somewhat uh, safe to say on the podcast? <laughs> not that I want to disclose. Nah. Yeah, not, not that. that. <laughs> you know, it would do some self harm. Yeah, it, it, that, that's, it, that's the tough one. That's the tough was one. It, that got it was it anything there. funny? Anything like really clever? And you're like, oh, okay, that one's that. That's pretty funny. Um, I mean, we've good. had the typical. I don't know, Tyler, if you guys have had. We've had the fire alarms at the hotels. We got food poison one time. At, I think was that NC State, where the whole team got <laughs> sick. Like we got food poison at, at NC State. I think we went through that. Um, but no, I don't. I, I, I don't. I don't. I gotta. I gotta tread lightly on some of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Trevor, what else we got? We've had three people say Tyler versus Oscar, who wins? I don't really know what the context Ooh. of that is, if we're talking basketball court or, or street fight or what we're talking. But three different All people right. have said Oscar versus yeah. Tyler. All right, one, if you guys played in basketball, who would win, Tyler? And two, if you played, what's that that ping pong that you play? If you guys played oh, that, Texas who would win? He'd get smoked in ping pong. Um <laughs> First of all, if we're talking, no one wins in a fight, period. Uh, too big. Um, but right now, Oscar, uh, my body's not ready to go up and down the floor right now. It's just something about it, man. It just doesn't, doesn't react the right way now. Um, now, I'm a big fan of Oscar. I think he does a lot of things great, um, obviously. But um, I don't what know. About, what about Prime Tyler Hansborough, 2009 Tyler Hansborough? You know, I, I see this comparison a lot, Ooh, but a to me, score. well, Oscar, to me, um, I kind of thought he was more like, he does really good getting position, and uh, he's not like it. Zach Randolph, to me, is a really good duck-in player, one of the best duck-in players of all time. And he was, obviously, he's left-handed, though, and he could get really good position. Sometimes I can see the way that he gets uh, positions kind of like that and kind of ducks in. Uh, but he does run. I see similarities because I think sometimes he really takes off and just rim runs. And I love when a big rim runs. So I see those similarities too. 
You were better offensively than him. I'm, I'm gonna say that. I, I, I'm gonna jump out there. You ain't gotta. You ain't gotta be modest about that. You were, you were a better offensive player than he was, than he is. Yeah, I already I also, said. I had shoot. I had better shooters as well. They, I mean, Wayne Ellington, Danny Green. Uh, you know, it allowed me to do a lot of things. No, no, no. I'm court. taking all that out. I'm taking all that <laughs> out, and I'm just saying you had different ways of scoring than 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 I think he did. And we're not knocking him. He's the reigning plastic player of the year. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, people who may not remember what you were, you know, at, in, in college, that you were, you know, did you score the ball as well? Trevor, anything else? Ryan wants to know, what do you guys think Arkansas's ceiling is in the tournament? Have they dug themselves too deep a hole? I, I'm always, I'm never going to doubt Musk trying to find a way to turn that thing around. Back. Then they if just they don't, don't get Nick the, Smith the, back. Forget about it. They don't have the talent or the shooting. Forget about like it. It's, if Nick Smith don't come back. They're not making it. Yeah. If if they had Nick Smith and Teron Brazil and and Devo oh. Davis was their sixth man, like they were the most talented team in college basketball. I don't know if they would have been the best, but they would have been the most talented. Tough. Finally, for tough. Rob. Over under seven and a half bad calls tomorrow that UConn fans cry about. Way over. Way over. They're going to get mad that the jump ball didn't get ruled as a violation. They're nuts. They're nuts. I love them. Love them. They're nuts. They're out of their mind. If they don't, if they don't beat Butler tomorrow, uh, it's uh, gonna I'm going to need someone. They gonna I mean, beat. I'm, I'm gonna need some of the. I'm gonna need a wellness check, RC, around like two thirty. If it's not going well at that point, now will you better I, win is that 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 Xavier game after that? That's the one you better be worried about. I think they'll get Butler, but Wednesday that you that that game against Xavier, you you got your hands full there. Yeah, and if I know exactly what's gonna happen is that they're gonna lose by twenty five, and then Goodman's gonna bring Sean Miller on to after dark with me again. And I got to sit there and ask him questions and pretend like I'm happy that he just won. Come on, man. <laughs> Couldn't be so dirty like that. All right. Um, I think it's about time that we do toast of the night. We can get out of here. I can tell that Tyler's tired. He's had a big day over there. So Tyler, I'm going to tee you up first. Toast of the night. Who you got? Ando, big night for him. Passing my rebounding record. I'm happy for him. So that's my toast. Cheers to Armando. Cheers to Armando. I'm going to go same game to Quavian Smith. Let's hope he's all right. You know, it was scary seeing him coming off. On he the did. Like he just, that. he literally just tweeted like 15 minutes ago that yeah. he is, uh, he's okay. Good. So, so it's Quavian yeah, Smith. I'm a huge fan of his. I think he's probably as gifted a score as there is in the, in, in the ACC. Um, my toast is going to go out to, uh, I got two of them. So first of all, uh, one of our own lost somebody today. Sean Paul's father passed away. Uh, last night. So Sean, we're thinking about you, buddy. Love you, buddy. Um, we know, uh, we know you, you, you did your father proud and we know that, uh, you are going to continue to do that. So one cheers to him. And then two also cheers to Dave Pash. Sean's dad was a huge Arizona state fan. Dave Pash and Bill Walton were calling the Arizona state game today and they gave him a little shout out Sean's father after he passed away. So to Sean, Sean's family and to Dave Pash for, for doing that. That was, uh, that was special. It means a lot to his family. So um, I'm glad that he did that. All right. With that said, this has been the field of 68 after dark. Make sure you like, and subscribe this. If you're still listening, uh, make sure you rate and review it on all the podcast platforms that you are listening on. 
and we will see you guys again tomorrow night. I don't even know who's on. I should probably know that before the show started. Uh, but for T- Tyler Hansborough, for Randolph Childress, for our producer, Trevor, my name is Rob Doster. We'll see you guys tomorrow night. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.